From climate change to social justice to racial equity and gender identity, creativity and culture are playing a critical role in solving the main issues affecting the planet. But creativity practitioners worldwide are isolated, undervalued, and overlooked as change makers. How can creative brands convene a new discourse on creativity's role in galvanizing social change? How can they inspire, amplify, support, and develop the vision to create a better future for the new generation? Welcome to Creativity Pioneers, a podcast by the Moleskine Foundation. Today's episode was recorded during the last Minato Design Week in a panel discussion in partnership with Eisnobaiti and Moleskine with Daniela Riccardi, CEO of Moleskine, Herbert Hoffman, Vice President, Creative and Buying at Eisnobaiti, Lidia Grimaldi, CEO of Interbrand Italia, Marta Foresti, Founder and CEO of Lago and Visiting Senior Fellow ODI. Hello, everybody. My name is Adama Sanne. I'm the co-founder and CEO of the Moleskin Foundation. Uh, next to me, there is Daniela Riccardi, who is the CEO of Moleskin Company. What is the role, and that's the question that we ask today, what is the role that creative brands can play in transforming society? Do they actually play a role? What can brands do in order to create a social transformation? And so these questions is the question that we not only share as a foundation, but we share, I believe, as a, as a, also as a company. And I have a great pleasure here to have Daniela, who's hosting us today. And in order to, to break the ice a little bit, and, uh, and uh, because I want to make it personal right away, all right? Because I have a great pleasure to, to work with Daniela now since three years. And Daniela is one of those kind of stellar career, you know, 15 years in Procter & Gamble, then CEO of Diesel, CEO of Baccarat, you know, now CEO of Moleskine, manage billions of euros overall, having many, many, many employees all around the world, et cetera, et cetera. But what often doesn't come up, you know, in her CV is that actually she's a dancer and she's trained as a ballerina for many, many years. In your career, in everything that you've done, what the role that creativity actually play in building and all in your career, but actually to mold companies and communities in which you've been connected to? I think for many years I kind of avoid talking about that, hide it as much as I could. Until I, um, I took the position of uh, Vice President Eastern Europe and I was based in Moscow. And the dream of my life was to go to Bolshoi and to dance at Bolshoi. Um, and that way everybody figured out and learned that actually I, I was a dancer before. And the first most, probably the most visible interview I've done, it was in, in Moscow with a very big magazine. And I came with a tutu of Maya Plitzeskaya and they wanted me to wear that while I was doing an interview for Procter & Gamble. <laughs> and I said, no, that is not going to happen. Uh, still, the most beautiful picture is probably me uh, uh, sitting on the floor in training, dance training clothes. And, you know, that moment I thought, anyhow, thanks God nobody's going to see it. It's a Russian magazine. Nobody can read Russia, so <laughs> that's good. It's easy. And, uh, and then I, I remember one day I go to my computer and there were like 100 emails about 
your interview, your interview, your interview, and oh, it's so inspiring. And I said, what are you talking about? So I called my, what is this interview that you're talking about? Oh, I forgot to tell you. Uh, John Pepper, the CEO of Procter & Gamble, liked it so much, decided to put it in the intranet page of the company. So whoever goes to png.com, see your picture. And what was my picture? The one where I was on the floor in training clothes. And at that moment, I decided that maybe I should be proud uh, rather than hide. But let me ask you, Daniela, because, you know, when you came, you know, to, to, to Moleskine as a CEO, we had a, our first conversation. And, uh, and from the beginning, there was a unique enthusiasm around the, the foundation. Um, you bought the idea of, you know, can creativity change the world and the role that can have. And, and the thing that I loved, I panicked for a little bit, but I also loved, is that you challenged me right away and they say, like, Anybody who knows Moleskine should know about the foundation, and there is no distance between what we do as a mission and what you as a foundation. So can you tell me a little bit, or tell us a little bit about that vision that you have, and, 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 and how do you think we're going to be able to accomplish what we want to accomplish? I, I do believe that the credibility of our mission and our vision, that creativity, I'm, I'm actually even taking away the question mark, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. So I move straight into creativity can change the world. Mm -hmm. and, and we need to play by that and to act by that and to behave like that in everything we do and even more importantly together. Daniela, thank you so much. We're going to have Marta, Lydia and, uh, and Herbert. First of all, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, really, as I was saying, you know, the idea today is to have a little exploration about this idea of, uh, of, of creativity for social change and what is the role that really brands can really play. Each one of you in a completely different way have a unique experience in that. So today the goal is to, not necessarily to have answers of any kind, but to have maybe unfinished answers, but start building an awareness, a grammar, you know, that, that we can take with us and potentially start you know, continually constructed ideas off of it. Um, but I, I want to start with you, Herbert, because you're creative director of, uh, of Eisnobiety. As Eisnobiety, you are a brand that is not shying away from being socially um, engaged, even in very strong and activist ways. So, so my question is, what did you, what connected the first time we talked in this idea of creativity for social change and creativity can change the world. Is there something that somehow was relevant with your mission in Eisnobiety? Yeah, I mean, definitely it's, um, it's a very complicated uh, topic in general because, you, you know, as a company, you want to make money and you, in the best case scenario, you also have a, you have a mission and a message that you want to bring across. Um, but in the end, to come back to your question, like having creativity behind and bringing a message across is something that is super essential because otherwise we make empty product and we make empty communication and it's all about people clicking a lot. Um, and I think that's something that we do in the past years very well to find the balance between talking about interesting topics um, but also difficult topics and, and, and bringing more people on board that are important for us and we have to make a clear decision. Mm -hmm. Do we want to have a lot of followers that are maybe more commercial or more 
uh, non-creative minded or, or uh, you know, uh, having a different mindset, another political mindset. Being, being neutral is not a good idea these days, I feel. Mm. And, and, it's, and it feels good for everyone working in our company that we have a, an opinion. Otherwise, you can, you know, you can also work for a million other brands and, and magazines that have another opinion. But you have to be very clear with that these days. There was something, when we chat, there was something that, um, that I thought it was very insightful. Because often, you know, what you see in a superficial level, you see brands that decide to take a stand from themselves outside to the market. And there is an element of, you know, this connect to marketing, brand positioning, and they're all like a number of technical ways to do it. But what I love about what you said is that by being engaged in society that allow it to, to transform the way you work yourself, mm -hmm. you transform the company, you transform processes, you know, as a result of engaging in society. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Um, yeah, also a very complicated topic actually because um, what I learned in my, in my years working because also I studied geography, I had nothing like a lot about climate, a lot about human geography, why people live in certain places, all of a sudden I, I fell into the fashion world uh, and, and also can relate to, to I was not a ballerina but um, I wish I could <laughs> dance, but feeling a bit like, um, how do you call this in English, like this imposter syndrome that you don't mm. really belong and creativity is something you cannot really measure because there is no bad ideas. Sometimes they are, because you have to follow a certain line. But um, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the difficult part. But um, to your question, uh, I, I internally at Heisenbite, I can talk about being gay, being queer, um, standing in for, for certain things that I know, that I feel, that I went through. Um, this is something I can speak about. I cannot talk about... Um, a person that lives in the state and is being uh, uh, criminalized against, like I, I, I'm, you know, you have to, you have to pick your own uh, way where you can help mm -hmm. out. Thank you, Herbert. Lidi, like you are the managing director of Interbrand. Interbrand is this global agency focused on uh, on branding and marketing, and you have uh, a deep understanding of where the market is going, like. We hear now since quite a number of years about this question of ESG, corporate social responsibility, and so on and so forth. But what is, can you give us a picture of, of what is really happening on the market outside, you know, a little bit of fashion and so on and so forth? What is, what is actually happening? What we have been observing in the last years is that all brands within this league table that are overperforming their competition are very high on what we call, I hate because it's a buzzword unfortunately, ESG dimension. So diversity, inclusion, um, work, workforce management, uh, standing for something which is not just what you sell and serving what you are standing for. It's the tension in between uh, walk the walk and talk the talk. Nowadays, all of us as human beings, uh, uh, and of course as consumers or clients, uh, uh, we have uh, a huge of choices pretty much in all categories. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the asymmetry of information is very low. Let's think about Glassdoor. So businesses nowadays and so brands cannot fake it. So going back to your point, yes, they should stand for something 
which means that you have to pick your battle. You can't stand for everything, otherwise it means that you're standing for anything. And you have to serve your purpose, your beliefs and your values. We've been uh, running many studies on ESG dimensions. Uh, uh, we have a practice which is called uh, ethics and integrity, uh, on which we work by ourselves and with our partners, because consumers are first and foremost people, and they should feel a sense of real affinity with companies. You can't just stay on the market to make business for the sake of it. At least you don't want to disappear in less than 10 years from now. That's what we observe, and there are facts that are showing that. So among a study that we run globally across more than uh, 1,500 consumers, 90% of the respondents uh, said that social and environmental, environmental topics are driving their choices and are the KPIs they follow when they have to recommend brands. So it's, I don't think it's a matter of uh, choice. So creativity matters. And uh, the, the one and only thing I'm not really agreed upon is that there are, if creativity is not a category. Creativity is what you said at the beginning, is a philosophy, is a, is a way of working. And so there are brands within Moleskin category that are not creative at all, while creativity is at the very heart of Moleskin. Or is Adobe a software platform? Maybe it's a creative brand. Mm -hmm. Is Zara a creative brand because that's fashion? I doubt. Mm -hmm. So it's but like this, so basically you say creativity as a mindset, yeah. as a way of, of doing things, yes. you know, more yes. than uh, um, a categorization of yes. things. Because that's kind of often what we ask ourselves, so what is a creative brand, uh, you know, and how does it differentiate for others and so on and so forth. So yes. we brought here Marta. Marta is a dear friend, is advisor foundation, and and we bring you here, Marta, as an outsider, you know, Very compared to, to brands, um, because we want to test all of this, you know, because you are a practitioner, you're a policymaker, you're, you work on the field, you've been working for the Minister of Economy, you've been, you know, the, the first director of uh, one of the most important policy advisor, policymaking in, 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 in the Western world called ODI. Now you created your organizations called LAGO. Um, are we talking to ourselves here? Like, you know, does the field of impact needs creative brands? My take is that, like we already heard, is not even a question mark, right? Um, brands can make a difference, and creative brands in particular can uh, make a lot of, you know, can create social change. Perhaps the question is to me how they can do more of it. How can they do that better? How they can create long-standing value. So I've been working for a few years on migration policies and migration narratives, and I got actually very upset about how unfit for purpose was mine and a lot of the policy researchers' vocabulary to try to describe the human experience of moving one place to the other. And specifically, I was very upset about the fact that so much narrative around the reality of the fact that people move rested on concepts of vulnerability, of protection, of risks, of, um, uh, you know, of, um, of violence, of discrimination, all things that are, as we all know, sadly, very real. But my worry was that all that emphasis was at the expense of 
finding a vocabulary to talk about the fact that people who move have talents, have ideas, have contributions, have lived experience, is me, is you, is everyone, and how much in the dominant policy world of migration we were stuck with this problem of trying our best to, you know, to feel pity or to feel some solidarity at best um, with people that we call migrants that is not ourselves. And I was really, you know, I was, you know, I was actually about to stop trying because I was so upset. Well, it took a brand to show me that it could be done differently. I happened to meet and to work with um, creatives from the West African diaspora in London and one brand in London in the fashion space um, called Labrum um, works with the concept of West African identity and the journey that particularly people from Sierra Leone, but West Africans make um, from Sierra Leone to different parts of Europe. And I remember going for all sorts of reasons to their first show at London Fashion Week for the first time in my life. I very much fell into fashion, probably even more randomly than you did. Um, and I read the press release about, it was called Freedom of Movement. Clever, right? To, to, you know, in the context, remember we're in London, remember Brexit. So freedom of movement is not a politically neutral concept. So you call a collection Freedom of Movement and you write a text that celebrates the ideas, the fabrics, the colors, the idea, the music, the energy, the people who move from one place to another and by doing so create new things, create patterns, create clothes, create business, create opportunities. I mean, I, you know, I can't even, I mean, I wish I, I had it here to read it out for you because I can't, I don't even have it in me to tell you that that story felt like a different one because it was a lived experience like yours. It was, you know, it was translated into a brand. There was an honest incredibility to it. Um, it then went on for day, the founder of this brand went on to create um, designed by an immigrant as a concept, as an hashtag, which I think got him a lot of visibility and a lot of credibility, certainly in this sort of emerging creative space in London. Um, and we've been working together since. And every now and then on Saturday mornings when I take my son to play football in the football pitch in East London in Hackney where I live, I see this team from Hackney Wick Football Club that has designed as an immigrant, hashtag designed as an immigrant on their top. And that's because Labrum has designed the, the kit. Now, that's all very good. The question is, does that sell clothes? That I don't know. But I wonder how much more could be done in the world if creative brands that have credibility, I take the point about yeah. that, but you know what I mean? Brands that have the potential to have a say on important issues, like migration, for example, and actually use their creative firepower to make a difference. There is nothing that frustrates me more than seeing every brand under the, 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 the planet to come forward and be seen as doing the right thing by creating a job here and there for a refugee. That without, you know, in any way touching the narrative around the normality of people who move. So we're all fine with, you know, the humanitarian action of supporting refugees to get jobs or skills. The moment that refugee becomes a migrant, nobody is willing to engage and certainly lesser to tell their story. But imagine the power if I can, I can think about a number of companies that I know worked you know, in, with, with very good intentions in the refugee space. Imagine if all of those could bring their creative firepower together to tell the story of the normality and the humanity of people who move. We're nowhere near 
making the most of that. We, we started, you know, with this conversation with Daniela about, you know, her being a dancer and the role of creativity that plays in leadership, you know, in general. And it seems to me that, uh, as Herbert, as you were saying, when we talk, when we move from the what to do, also the how to do it, that's what makes a difference. And when we talk about the how, <clears throat> is about your decide, you know, your, your sense of awareness, you know, or self-awareness, your, 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 your sense of courage, you know, courage is a, is a beautiful word that, that I think sometimes we forget, you know, because the literal meaning of, of courage means act your heart, you know, act the heart. And it's kind of like to, that capacity to look beyond uh, that PNL, beyond that budget line, beyond that, is that capacity to look beyond that and see something, see a world that is possible but is not yet there. But you're building on that direction. And we know that in order to do this, we need to figure out a way to collaborate, to think together, you know, to keep this exchange. And on this, thank you so much for you to, to be here with us and sharing this insight. Thank you for you for being here. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of Design Week. It's great to have you be with me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our new podcast, Creativity Pioneers. If you'd like to check out other episodes and know more about our mission, please visit moleskinfoundation.org. Keep on following this podcast and share your comments on Facebook and Instagram at Moleskin Foundation. Until next time, stay creative.